Snippet, the short podcast platform. Warning, moments of the following podcast are not for the faint of heart. Parental discretion recommended. I'm Chris August, and this is Ghosts and Legends, a new show from Snippet that brings you real, authentic, paranormal investigations from some of the country's most reportedly haunted sites. Tonight's investigation revolves around two ships currently anchored at the Maritime Museum in San Diego, Steam Ferry Berkeley and Star of India. This is Ghosts and Legends, Haunted Ships. We'll break up the investigation into four parts. Parts one and two will focus on the Steam Ferry Berkeley. Parts three and four will cover the Star of India. Right now we're back at the studio and we're assessing and analyzing all the data, all the audio, and information we collected from the investigation. You're going to hear me reference parts of the investigation while I'm here in the studio. Let's start out with a little bit about who we are and why we do what we do. Part one, the Steam Ferry Berkeley history. I'm Mike Manny. I'm one of the lead investigators with Orange County Ghosts and Legends. I'm Chris August. I'm the director of Orange County Ghosts and Legends. So OC Ghosts and Legends by default is an investigative team that researches and uh, conducts investigations into alleged paranormal phenomena at uh, various locations, uh, not just in Orange County, but Southern California. Um, Nevada, Arizona, uh, we've been to Montana. We're, we're, we're not just confined to California. We collect information and data from these investigations and we use more of a scientific approach. Uh, we use logic first before we assume anything is paranormal. We don't bullshit you, plain and simple. We, we, we want people to think for themselves, to use their own logic, draw their own conclusions. Uh, we're not interested in fabricating anything. We're not interested in, in convincing you of one thing or another. Uh, we are intrigued and just as interested in, in finding evidence and seeking answers just as anybody else. But we are also focused on being realistic. And uh, it, we, we thrive and uh, take pride in our reputation for being reasonable and logical. What got you interested in the paranormal? So what, what got me interested uh, into the investigation of the paranormal started at a very early age, probably about six years old, you know, living in New Mexico, uh, living in an old home with a basement, you know, just the, this near typical creepy house. At that time, that was back in 1972, you know, during the Vietnam War, my dad went off to, to Vietnam for a year, and so it was me, my sister, and my, my mom for a year. My first encounter with the, with the paranormal happened then, just before my dad left. You know, we were just kids, and they were having a party, you know, the, my parents were having a party before he got sent off, and you know, all of us were looking upstairs, which was the, probably the creepiest place in the house. 
Uh, but we happened to be looking up the stairs and we saw this small shadow figure up there, a very defined, uh, looked like a child up there. And you know, it wasn't just me that saw it, it was the other two kids that saw it as well. And then having to go up there the next day because that's where the playroom was, there was nothing there that would have cast that shadow you know, up in that direction. So um, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But at the same time, intrigued me. Even at, you know, at a, such a young age, you start growing up and you uh, become an adult and do adult things. And it wasn't really until things started coming on TV that it kind of sparked my interest back up again. I'm quite the contradiction. So I, I tend to be drawn to things that uh, scare the hell out of me. Um, I've always been terrified of, of the unknown, of things we, we don't see or, or we can't understand, uh, be it uh, ghosts, spirits, and aliens. Um, being afraid of what lies beyond that dark veil, you know, that you can't uh, see, you can't see around you, and, and just being terrified of that. So, if you asked me ten years ago, this is our tenth anniversary. Uh, you know, of, of OCGL being official. Um, but if you asked me even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have told you you were absolutely insane that I would be doing this because I was so scared of it. But it's really, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated. I don't believe or disbelieve. I want, I want to see something. I welcome it. Um, when it happens to you, you never forget it. Um, but this field, you, you can't predict what's going to happen, and it happens when you least expect it. And for me, just walking into that unknown every time, not knowing what you're going to get, is it's terrifying and scary, yet really just uh, it, it, you thrive on that at the same time. So um, I love what we do. How do you know you've encountered a spirit? There are certainly people who, who will uh, experience a drastic shift in their emotion. Uh, people will break down and start crying for no reason. They'll just walk into a room and, and just break out in tears for no, no apparent reason. Um, people, as Mike said, you, you know, you'll experience physical sensations, the hair on your arms sticking up, your, your heartbeat starts racing, you'll feel a heaviness or a cloudiness in your, in your head. Um, across the board, and as I mentioned, it's not, there's never one size fits all for that. Tell us the history of the Steen Ferry Berkeley. There are a lot of shadow apparitions here. There's a lot of disembodied voices that take place, disembodied meaning it's, uh, it's a voice of someone or something that's not actually here, and that can be heard in real time and also picked up on audio recording, which I think it's great that we have a multitude of audio devices that are running right now. Tell us the history of the Steam Ferry Berkeley. We're here on the uh, Steam Ferry Berkeley. This first went into service uh, around 6 November 1898. It's a propeller-driven ferry which was the first propeller-driven ferry here on the Pacific Coast. Okay, before that time, you know, it was the big paddle wheel thing that you would normally see. Um, and this was the first one that actually had propellers on it. And, you know, it did most of its service starting in 1898 until about 1958 uh, up in the Bay Area, San Francisco, you know, moving passenger, cargo, whatever, between San Francisco and, and Oakland. 
some of the notable things that it did back in 1906 when the earthquake hit San Francisco. It was used extensively, pretty much on a 24-hour basis, transporting people from San Francisco away from the damage from the earthquake and the fire and things like that over to Oakland where it was safe. And at that time, it could carry about 1,700 people on a normal day. But when it was transporting folks after the earthquake, it was probably transporting, you know, close to 2,500 people at a time. And there's also a common misconception that something tragic has to happen for something to be haunted. Um, right. There are plenty of places where nobody's ever died on the property or there hasn't been a, a tragic suicide or homicide, and there's plenty of activity on there. Um, there could be a, a variety of factors that could contribute to something being active, something called a residual activity as well, meaning it's, uh, think of like a repeat, a replay in time, you know, as if you were watching a movie right now and you can see people in, in period attire walking the decks. Um, they don't see us, they don't know that we exist, but they're just kind of going about their lives as they would have at that time. Um, so as Mike mentioned, we're, we're talking about only things that have been documented or reported. So considering that this was a ferry that transported people from the, uh, the San Francisco, from San Francisco during that uh, tragic San Francisco earthquake, I mean, you can only imagine the, the turmoil uh, that people were experiencing here, the energy that's been left behind, that energy signature, and how that still lingers today. So I think that's something to, to factor in as well. Where do we start our investigation tonight? So tonight we're going to conduct a bit of an investigation here uh, aboard the uh, Steam Ferry Berkeley. We're going to utilize various pieces of equipment uh, that are common tools of the trade, so to speak, uh, when we are doing an investigation. Our bread and butter is audio. That's where we collect um, data of potential EVPs. EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. And that's where you're hoping to obtain some kind of communication through audio. That be a, a digital recorder. Some people still swear by the old-fashioned uh, analog uh, recorders, tape recorders. Um, that's when you're hearing voices that are either not audible at the time. Sometimes they are. And sometimes they're really amplified. Um, so we're looking for both. It can also be uneventful. You may not capture anything, but best case scenario, you will. Uh, we also use devices such as uh, EMF devices. That stands for electronic magnetic fields. And um, where it's believed that spirit can manifest themselves um, through uh, EMF, through electricity. Um, that being said, we also have to be very careful that we're not uh, utilizing things such as cell phones that are going to trigger those devices and, and give false positives. So we have to be very careful about uh, how different electronics are going to interfere with one another. Join us in part two as we delve into our investigation, including an experiment using the Estes method. This has been an authentic paranormal investigation from Orange County Ghosts and Legends and Snippet. Recording and original music by Jonathan Rock. Editing and production from Steph Weaver-Weinberg, with executive production from Tyler Russell. For more short, original shows, visit snippet.fm.